welcome to the second episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and I am so excited to have you join me as we explore the mysteries surrounding the afterlife, angels, spirits, meditation, religion, and so much more in these upcoming podcasts. Today, I'd like to talk with you about a story that's very near and dear to my heart, and I'm calling it Pennies from Heaven. I believe that when we die, our bodies or our third dimensional bodies, this physical body dies, but our souls continue to live on. Our souls are energy and energy can never be destroyed. It can only change form. And I've come to understand that heaven is just on the other side of this invisible veil that our human eyes or senses can't see, but we can with our sixth sense or our intuition. Have you ever wondered how a mother knows when her child is hurt? Or have you ever walked into a room just after an argument has taken place and you can literally feel the energy in the room? It's like you can cut it with a knife. That's our sixth sense or our fourth dimensional energy, our intuition taking place. We can feel other people's energies, literally. It's the same with spirits or with souls who have crossed over the veil into heaven. They still want to communicate with us. They only do it a little differently now. However, it requires us to be willing to be open to the communication. We have to raise our vibration enough to meet theirs. Growing up, I had a very special relationship with my grandmother. We were always very close. And I would go and spend weekends with her and my grandfather. And we would always go shopping she would give me her pennies from the leftover change. And I would love this ritual. I would just love it because it was just a special bond between us. I would see how many pennies I could collect or accumulate over the weekend stay. I just thought it was so cool to get all these pennies. I thought it was rich. One weekend I was there and I had gotten up a little earlier than her, which was very unusual because my grandmother was usually up before the sun came up. She was usually up before the roosters would crow. She was always just an early riser. But like at home, I went into the kitchen to get myself a bowl of cereal. I just didn't know any different. I was hungry. That's what we did when we got up. So of course, but you know, that didn't go over too well with my grandmother. The kitchen was her domain and nobody, not even me, went in there before she did in the mornings. I didn't know that I didn't know this rule because like I said, as usual, you know, when I got up, she was always up. So I was never up before her and she yelled at me. And it stung as if she had literally whipped me with a belt. I had never been yelled at by my grandmother like this before. And I didn't know how to react. I was literally just distraught and upset. And I had never seen the side of my grandmother. She was the one safe place for me. And now I felt like she didn't even love me. And I didn't understand what I had done wrong. And we both had a wee bit of a temper, just a wee bit of a temper. <laughs> So I decided I was going to get back at her and I took all the pennies that she'd given me over that weekend and I left them on the dresser before I left that day. This was on a Sunday. I remember the day. So we fast forward and I'm in the car and we're getting ready to leave and I'm in the back seat. My grandfather's in the front seat and she gets in the passenger side front seat. And when she got in, she went to hand me all the pennies and she says that I must have forgot them on the dresser. And I looked her straight in the face and I said, nope, I didn't. My mother told me to never take money from strangers. Well, 
let's just say I never got another penny from her during her lifetime on earth. And that was probably one of the longest rides in history from Syracuse, New York to Rochester, New York. My grandfather probably did not want to be in the car, <laughs> but I was not giving up and neither was she, I don't think. Eventually grandma and I worked things out. We never did talk about that incident again. And we were not as close as we once were. There was kind of a disconnect that formed that day, unfortunately, but I always, felt guilty about that day. And shortly before she passed, I was really heavy into drugs and um, doing cocaine. And um, I remember she and my grandfather had come for a visit. We were all supposed to get dinner and I missed dinner because I was out getting high, which is what drug addicts do. So, you know, I was, I was doing what I was supposed to do. But I came up with this crazy story about my friend getting hurt and how I had to take her to the hospital. And by this time I had gotten pretty good, or at least I thought I did at lying and trying to cover up my tracks from doing drugs. And mom kept trying to trip me up on the story, but I was very firm and I never wavered in my story. And grandma just thought I was a hero. And she went on and on and on about how proud she was of me. And I was so high that it never entered my mind at the time to feel guilty. And it was shortly after this time, we found out that she was sick and I went into treatment shortly thereafter. And with the drugs out of my system, that's when the guilt of the lies and the years of regret started to consume me. And I really wanted to tell her before she passed how sorry I was and how much I loved her. And she knew that, but I wasn't able to see her before she passed. However, the day that she did pass, I did receive a visit from her. That felt like a dream, but it wasn't. I was asleep and I was in my room. And in my room, we had uh, there was a window that went from the floor to the ceiling. And I remember waking up because the curtains began blowing. She came in through the window and it was her, but it was almost like a silhouette. I can't really even explain what it was I saw, but it was her. And I didn't understand completely what was going on, but she came over and she tucked me back into bed. And I remember she told me that I was forgiven and that she loved me, that I would be okay and that she was okay. And she would be with me, always helping me and she would never be far away. And then she left. Then the phone rang. And I knew it was my mom calling me to tell me my grandmother had passed away. And I didn't answer the phone. I just laid there in bed. Because that was the most miraculous thing I'd ever witnessed. And I wasn't quite sure how to process everything, but I knew that my grandmother had passed away. And a little while later, the phone rang again. And I knew once again, it was my mother calling to tell me it was my grandmother. And it was. Years later, I had told my grandfather about the visit from my grandmother, and he had had the exact same dream, the exact same visitation that she had came to see him as well to say goodbye. Now it's funny because I hear her in my mind guiding me all the time, and sometimes I actually still see her in my dreams. And she was correct. She's not far away, and she does continue to help me and guide me when I do need her. And now she sends me pennies to verify her presence. And I know it's her because the pennies appear in the most random of places, in the most random of times, and there's no explanation for how they got there.
and she has the most unique sense of humor about it too. My grandmother was one that uh, had a very unique sense of humor. She, she was a funny lady. One time I received a penny at a horse show that I was with my son and his now fiance. They're getting married in another month or so. So, But Kat was in a riding show. She rode horses and we were there waiting for her turn. And we were sitting um, by where the ring was and there was three high top chairs and the chairs were facing the ring and we were watching all the other riders that day. And eventually it was Kat's turn and she had gotten up to go ride her horse. And so I had taken her chair because I could see a little bit better. Kat ended up doing fabulously that day and she came in second place. But the whole time I could literally feel my grandmother there and she wanted me to know she was there. I could sense her presence and I can't explain how, I just could sense it. And when Kat had finished, Alex got up and went and took her some water. And I just kind of sat there and I was reminiscing of my, my grandmother and wishing that she had been alive to see Alex. And then I stood up <laughs> and there was a penny on my chair. <laughs> and even today, tears still flood my eyes when I think about it. But she was there with me watching Alex. Very proud of him. That wasn't the first time I had received a penny, but it's one of the most memorable, memorable for me because she was there to watch my son. But just recently, I just received another penny from her. We had adopted our third rescue dog, Charlie, and he's just an absolute love bug. A year ago, we had adopted um, our second rescue dog, Buddy. He was a stray and he had found his way to my brother's house and Buddy and I are extremely close. I really honestly feel that Maggie, our dog who had passed away two years ago now in November, right before Thanksgiving, had, has actually sent her to me or sent Buddy to me. He, she kind of said, you know, go to this house and you'll find, you'll find my mommy. Buddy and I are just like two peas in a pod. Wherever I am, there is Buddy. Buddy liked Charlie at first, but then didn't take too kindly to Charlie taking his place next to me in bed that first morning. That was, oh, Buddy got to acting very jealous and he pulled at my heartstrings. And as my husband likes to call it, he played me like a fiddle. <laughs> Buddy either hid in the bathroom or behind the shed and it was totally unlike like him. And he wouldn't even eat unless we were alone in the bedroom. And I loved on him for like 10 minutes. And once again, he played me like a fiddle. Anyway, I could hear my grandmother laughing in my head. And so I got a little angry with her. And I said, well, at least you could do is help me out here. You could at least send me some good, good juju or something and help me out with Buddy. Anyway, I left for about an hour. And when I left, mind you, Buddy and Charlie couldn't even be in the same room that day because Buddy wouldn't even come out of the bathroom, much less hang out with Charlie. And when I came back, they were both laying on the couch in the living room together. Buddy was a completely different dog. Then there was no explanation for this fantastic miracle other than the help of my amazing grandmother. <laughs> and to boot, there was a penny on my desk by my computer. This is the penny, her calling card. I've got the penny right here. I'm keeping it here. <laughs> so all of this is to say that our loved ones really want to communicate with us. It's our doubts and fears that actually keep us from hearing them. We have to be willing to accept the signs that they give us. 
it's kind of my dad, actually, my dad passed away several years ago. And he comes to me in the form of yellow butterflies. Growing up, I was daddy's girl. And like most daughters, always dreamed of the day I got married and I would dance with my father. My father and I had a very complicated relationship and I didn't think that my dream would actually come true. At my first wedding, he surprised me by showing up and we danced to the song Butterfly Kisses. And that's one of the many reasons why this podcast is named Butterfly Kisses. But before he passed, I asked him to give me a sign so I would know when he was near and he told me yellow butterflies. And now I see yellow butterflies all the time in many different things. I'll see it in books or I'll see it actually yellow butterflies, literally yellow butterflies, but I'll see it on cups or in, you know, anywhere, just yellow butterflies. And I'll know it's him because I'll start to get chills. My point is to trust your intuition when it comes to knowing that your loved ones are near. And like I said, I usually feel chills from head to toe when one of my loved ones is trying to send me a message. And you'll know when you're receiving a sign. And just say thank you. Trust in that intuition. And then talk with them. They can and they do hear you. And they can and they will speak with you. So just remember that. But thank you again for joining me on this second episode of Butterfly Kisses. I hope that some of my stories was inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode as I talk with Carolyn Ligo about her spiritual journey and also her book, The Seen and Unseen. It's very interesting and I think you'll be very inspired. Thank you. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also join me on the Facebook page at Butterfly Kisses Podcast. Here we can continue the conversations we've been discussing on these podcasts. And you can also ask questions of our guests as well. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me on the Facebook page, or you can do so by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you, and remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.